Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so happy to have you here with us this morning. But before we jump into the goodness, jump into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we thank you for today, Lord, and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity, Lord, and we thank you for the joy that you put in our lives, Lord, and we thank you for the smiles we can wear on our faces because of you, Lord, and we thank you for all the good things that you've done for us, Lord, all the good things that you will do for us, Lord, and we just praise you and we thank you for it, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity to spend time in your word, Lord, to be your sons and daughters, Lord, to grow up and mature in the things of you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. It's a wonderful, wonderful day, and we are blessed to have this opportunity to get into the Word with each of you. So this morning, we are continuing in chapter 8 and still on verses 7 through 13. So whether you're joining us for the first time or rejoining us, I want to encourage you to pause the episode and read through that section of Scripture just so you have an easier time following along in the conversation. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions you have. So who would like to begin? I will. All right, honey, honey. Um, In the previous episode, Charles, you were talking about how the Lord um, was easing them into the transition that was coming. And he had already spoken about the that his body being destroyed as a temple, but also he referenced to them the terrible day when he said, don't go back to your houses and get your stuff. Just just run, flee um, in that day that that was coming. But it shows you something as we're talking about our faith and building our faith in the Lord, how God ministers to us, that he does give us the chance to come into agreement with him. And he will tell us things before they come so that when the Lord described it as this, I told you before you before it happened, so that way you would believe. And in that belief, he also meant that they would be able to respond appropriately in the day that whatever it was he was describing showed up before them. So the Lord is so gentle and compassionate to us. You can see his loving kindness and his tender mercies and going, I don't want you to be shocked. And I don't want you to fail to transition to the next point. Even back in Luke 22, verse 32, when he was talking to Peter about the trouble and the trial that he was getting ready to face. And he told them that he prayed, he told Peter that he prayed for him so that his faith would not fail. And then once Peter got himself back together, you know, he would be able to continue in the, in the journey and the mission and strengthen his brothers around him. And As we walk and pursue God, understanding how God operates, understanding his great love and compassion towards us and understanding that uh, he will tell us things ahead of time so that we're able to take the sufficient time to come into agreement with him and not miss the moment that he's bringing to us. That's not an opportunity for us to be slowful or drag our feet. But it is an opportunity that for us to understand who our God is and how he handles us. And uh, 
also to have a, an understanding of how much God wants us to succeed, how much he wants us to be able to walk in faith with him and move from faith to faith and victory to victory. So as the Lord is ministering to you, one of the roles that the Holy Spirit um, carries out is to guide us into all truth and show us things to come. So in this letter, the apostle is writing to people to warn them, if you will, this transition is upon you. It's already happened in the spiritual realm, and now it's going to manifest in the natural realm. And how that looks, if you're not, as you said, LaCharles, with your hope finally and firmly placed in in God and the Messiah, you will be disappointed once this happens and your faith will fail as a result of it, your hope being misplaced. But the understanding that God went through all that trouble so that they could remain, they could endure, and they could prevail has a direct implication for for our particular ministry and our walk before the Lord. So as God uses the Holy Spirit to articulate to you um, what he wants you to do, there are a couple of things that you must ensure for yourself Um, not being your own God. That's not what I'm saying, but ensure that you do because it's an accountability on your part. So the apostle Paul was telling them that the place that you've placed your hope is about to be done away with. So you take this time to transition your hope and your faith back to the father and into the Messiah so that you're stable and you're strong and you're able to stand. Mm -hmm. So for us, as we walk in our faith journey, making sure that our faith and our hope is firmly planted in the Lord. Um, I don't believe these people started out going, we hate you, God, we're going to worship this temple. I don't believe that was their heart. But over time, a sleight of hand, a little bit of variance and a degree and a direction, and their focus became more on what the people, the people who seemed important said, and how they were guiding and how they saw them acting, and they began to follow suit. And even though it was a small deviation, a little bit of leaven to their lump, it still caused their faith and their hope to be altered off course. And we need to make sure our hope is in the Lord so that no matter what comes, we are immovable. And whatever shaking happens in the world around us, we are not shaken because we are rooted and grounded in love and our hope is in the rock the rock of our salvation. Also, we need to listen to what the Lord says. God is not scared that he says things to us sometimes that are too big, that make our mind go tilt. They're like, hey, Jesus, you're talking a little bit grand for me. I'm not there yet. He's not afraid of us having that kind of uh, reaction to his plans because he's already decreed and declared his ways are higher than ours. He's already let it be well known that He is so much higher than we are. And he thinks on a scale that humanity cannot capture and contain in our little brains, especially under the, the, uh, limits of sin nature and carnality. He understands that. But when God speaks to you, be willing to hear him and go, okay, Lord, walk me into this. Help me to trust you in this. Just like Abraham did when the Lord said, look up at the stars. Now he was in the desert with no street lights. (laughs) no light pollution from the city. He's out in the wilderness of the desert. So he saw just about every star, right? There was no city, no towers blocking his view. He looked at all of those stars and said, go, what you talking about? Like, okay, wait a second, Lord, that's huge. What do you mean by that? And I have this dry wife, this dry, barren old wife, and I'm dry and barren myself. 
wow, God, that's a lot. That's, that's too much for me to handle at this moment. God understood where he was. And that's why he said, walk, look at the sand, count it. You're going to be just as new. If you can count it. <laughs> and believe me, and God stretched his faith, but Abraham was willing to go. And he put one foot in front of the other, one event of following God after another event of following God. And that's the same thing that we need to do and realize that God is compassionate. Um, Sarah, do you think it was a coincidence that he stopped by to tell her and she was eavesdropping at that moment and, you know, he caught her in the midst of her eavesdrop to speak that word to her so that she would have faith and get a little bit of humility while she was at it, you know, whatever needed to be done so she could conceive. No, God orchestrated that for her. Now he's a good God and can contain multiple purposes, mm -hmm. but he met her there for her faith and he will do the same for us because he's no respecter of persons. But his eyes are roving through the earth looking for someone whose heart is loyal to him, who's faithful to him and says, God, I'll believe you. Now help me believe you, right? Like Mary said, okay, that's a bit, that's a, that's a lot, God. I, how does that work if I've not done the natural things that bring about a baby, the natural mother of Jesus? right? But she believed God nonetheless, and she let God work out the details. So make sure your hope and your faith is planted in Jesus Christ and that it does not remove itself from that place. You don't remove it from that place and be willing to walk with God and then trust him that he's going to bring it to pass because he's faithful to do so. Well, Charles, you had something, sweetie? Yes, mommy. As you're speaking, the Lord was reminding me that what we see inside the first covenant and how he begins to shift over and to gradually allow them to start placing their hope inside of God. Um, the Lord was reminding me that what he gets at is that it was because of the people that it was uh, shifting well, inside of um, the covenant because they, dis they disregard what the Lord had said. What and was shifting? Their faith was shifting away from God? Um, um, so Paul begins by saying, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place should have been um, would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And the Lord's, as she said, Mommy, there's certain things on the Lord's calendar that don't change. It, mm -hmm. He wasn't letting Jesus come into the earth at this time because they suddenly sinned and caught him unaware. He had already planned for all this long beforehand. Mm -hmm. But what we see is, as you were saying, Mama, that it was a gradual shift away from loving the Lord into loving the temple and the building and the gold inside of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we truly see we start to begin. We start uh, see it after the destruction of the first one and the sec building of the second mm -hmm. because they had laid such um, hope inside of it. And that's what they sought, and that's what they looked for, and that's what they longed for, like what we see for Daniel. It so, began to be a representation of the people, and it started like that. They felt like this represents us, right? They're looking for the place, their no, homeland, if you will. and um, No different than the, the serpent, right, in Moses' time. They had the all those things on the pole, yes. Uh, all those things that were crawling through, and then it became something that they worshipped. And what was the result? It had to be destroyed. Call it Nahashti, which means piece of brass. So back to the the very nature of it, right? And it was ground down, destroyed, burnt, and even the ashes were were cast aside, right? Yes. So you see that almost as a type in shadow with the temple and what the Lord was talking about. This temple became the object of their worship as opposed to 
understanding all that was contained in it, pointing to Jesus. Hmm. So as a result, in similar fashion to the serpent, had to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I can... I can see and say that I don't believe they started out in a malicious Absolutely. perspective to go, we're going to worship this temple. You know, we're, we're doing this and in, in intentionally against you, Lord. But you remember their response when they came back in Nehemiah and Ezra's uh, books, where it talks about the people who had seen the former temple, the first temple mourned at the site of the second one. They yes. were both crying. The new mm-hmm. folks were crying because, yay, it's finished, it's done. Wow, look at what a great job. We, we never thought we'd see this. But the ones who had seen the first temple were shaking their heads, basically, and crying because this one was a pitiful uh, replica of the first one. And it represented how much they had lost. So over time, because we're humans, we tend to let things symbolize something to us. And it can be just the slightest uh, sleight of the hand, if you will. And the adversary doesn't care. He'll draw you away on a a piece of napkin if he can. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care. The most irrelevant and unimportant thing a rock a pebble from the piece of sand on the ground he'd be like yeah worship that we or a golden calf or a, a giant golden statue whatever it is he will draw someone away mm-hmm. if he gets the opportunity so i believe it started out to represent wow they were celebrating look god did this he said he was going to do it he did it in the faithfulness and then it became a symbol of them being in their homeland and um, the glory of the Lord assemble for it. And then over time in separate generations, all they got was the temple's important. They got the abbreviated version. Like when you play the telephone game, it starts off with a paragraph message. But by the time you get to the end of it, it's short and totally off target of what was initially spoken. Like when you have a group of people start with a message and pass it around the room, whispering in each other's ear, each person abbreviates it more and more. And then the, the generations that are down the line only get the abbreviated version. They only got the temple's important. So then they didn't know why the temple was important. They forgot that it represents the glory of God and God is our creator and our maker and to love the Lord their God and transitioned into being more concerned with their own righteousness and this telling them that they're better than everybody else and why they're special and why um, the, the symbol of them being a people versus what God originally intended. And so the compassion of Jesus and the the Godhead to go, let me walk you back, sweetheart, because you're off target. And he does the same thing for us. He's not merciful to us and then cruel to them. That that cannot be the case because his character does not alter or change. So he was just as merciful to them as he has been to us. And even this, this is the New Testament that we're reading in Hebrews, but this has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm by this point. And um, so he still gently brings them back and says, I don't want you to be hurt by this, like, you know, emotionally distraught over this, because I told you this was coming. There was always an expiration date on that first covenant. Always, because it was only a stand in for what Christ would eventually do when it was the appointed time for him to come into the earth. It was always a stand in. It was always meant to expire. And it was always because it was based on, it was a a natural replica of spiritual things. Naturally, it could never fulfill what the Messiah did and the spiritual aspect that was meant to be met through Christ Jesus. It was always going to be flawed and lesser because again, like that, that two by four, we were talking about holding up a bit of construction. No, that's not going to last for 50 years in the weather. And it's not 
posted to anything. It's just stuck up underneath there, but it was meant to be replaced by the permanent structure that would be there. And that would be strong enough to hold it and to remain and, and provide what it was intended to provide. So the same thing as Christ is the original. He is the permanent. He is the everlasting to everlasting. And just understanding that and taking hold of it with both hands is vitally important. So seeing ourselves reflected through the word of God and seeing the loving, tender mercies and the great compassion that God has for us should help us strengthen our resolve to follow through with him, but also encourage us to understand his ways, not just what he does, but why he does what he does. That's his ways. What's his heart? What's his motivation? what brings him to the decisions he makes and what's his next move, not to try to pinpoint him or itemize him or stand over his shoulder, but so we can cooperate. That's our joy and privilege and responsibility as believers to to know him in that way so we can walk with him. Yes. And how we see that when the Lord was doing all these things, the Lord understood that they were going to break the first covenant. He knew that long beforehand, before he even before he even got to Egypt, he knew what was going to be the result. And that's something very important as well. So that when we think about it here with the new covenant, that he's saying, okay, I gave you the old covenant and it was good. I would not give anything less than good. But as most people, we think that, okay, the old covenant wasn't good enough for us. We need this new one. Whereas the Lord says, um, let's just put this in perspective. It's kind of like a contract. There's certain people like insurance companies know this person's never paid his bills in 30 years. He's not going to suddenly pay them today. Mm-hmm. They already have planned for that and have taken that into account. And they have chalked it up as a loss. Um, and how the Lord already knows all those things about us. He knows, well, Latrell's he didn't do it last time. And I know he's not going to do it this time. So I already chalked that one up. But what he's saying here is that I've already had a plan for you all along. I knew what you guys were going to do. I knew that you're going to start doing what you did best, which was worship idols. And I know for myself as well, I can raise my hand for that, that as soon as something presented itself that I thought I wanted, I was running after it. Mm-hmm. And how, when we understand that the Lord already knows and takes and has taken it that all into account, but he's still merciful to us to give us this new covenant. That's mm-hmm. where he comes into play where he says, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Mm-hmm. So how is that possible? That was, it's only possible because, so when you get to the core of the covenant, you you have brought up in your first covenant, second covenant, right? First covenant, new covenant. The covenant, if you really examine this, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, mm-hmm. is the same covenant. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will be your God and you will be my people. There's one difference. What is it sealed by? Mm-hmm. The way they the, participate right. in it is, is The first different. covenant was through animal sacrifice. Animal sacrifice could only provide a covering, a sprinkling, right? A, as a propitiation, covering for the sin. But notice here in Jeremiah, well, we're in Hebrews, but he references Jeremiah where he says, for what? I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, and I will remember no more. Why? Because not only is it covered by our Lord and Savior's blood as the sacrificial lamb, but it's his blood that 
cleanses, that washes us white as snow. It was represented by the animal sacrifice in what you were describing as the first covenant. But here in the new covenant, which is, as, as Jesus said at the Last Supper, or communion, right? The new covenant found in my blood. Only his blood can do that. So it is not just a covering. It is a removing. Blotting out sin, sickness, disease, right? Yes. Blotting out death, sin, and the curse in our lives. Purifying us so we stand without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. That is our spirit, soul, and body before our Heavenly Father. Only the blood of Jesus the Christ can do that. That is the significance of the new covenant. The covenant itself is the same. doesn't matter if it's Abrahamic, if it's Davidic. The covenant is always the same. I will be your God and you will be my people. It's what the covenant is sealed with. That is the difference. Yes, Dan. Yes. Right, just so we so we understand that. So it's crystal, well, so it's it's clear, covered in his blood, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. The blood that washes us white as snow. So everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. No misunderstanding. That's the difference maker. And that is received by faith as a result of his grace. Okay? Yes, Dan. Well, there's a lot in what we said, so... Let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your wonderful and your loving kindness, Lord. We thank you for this time in the Word this morning, Lord. I thank you for the encouragement that I received, Lord, through your message, Lord. And I thank you for the blessing that you've placed upon your people, Lord. We ask that you'll continue to guide us into all truth and show us things to come, Lord, that you open our eyes so that we see what it is that you have for us to see, Lord, and that we perceive your greater plan for the things that you've asked us to do, Lord, and that we have a willing heart before you to go and do it, Lord. So we thank you for the joy in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. almighty name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.